What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I have Ben Phelps on the line here of Primal Bro. How are you doing, man? I'm doing really well. How are you? Man, never better. Never better. So uh, tell, tell the audience, what is Primal Bro? Uh, so Primal Bro is something that I started when I was doing I when I originally started um, getting into like alternative healthy lifestyles I I was on a paleo diet primal diet uh, and I started a food blog back then because a lot of the food blogs had uh, more feminine content which was fine just not really for my demographic right mm -hmm. so um, you know it was a lot of like sports bra reviews and things like that so <laughs> I started my own because I was like, well, I can I can cook a pretty good cook. I make up recipes, so uh, let me take a shot at this. And I came up with the name because I, I liked it, and I figured it kind of delivered the message that I was going for. Um, so that's how it started, and it's it's a lot different today, that's for sure. Yeah, I definitely want to dive into the the story here. So just to kind of give the audience a real quick you know overview, you emailed me. And uh, it just kind of had a cool story, and I, I felt like you know it would resonate with the audience because a lot of people, especially now within the keto space, that are wanting to get engaged, wanting to get involved, don't necessarily know the right way to go about it. Um, I mean, content is is king right now. Like the the more quality stuff you can put out to add value to the community, the better. And um, I'm kind of learning as I go doing it, and you're doing that too. So you just wanted to kind of connect and and do just what we're doing right now. Yeah, I was, I'm all about sharing that experience. I uh, so at one point I used to weigh 333 pounds. Um, so I and then I started a paleo diet. I did a primal diet, um, and then I actually most recently I did a, the ketogenic diet. That's how I found you, uh, Keto Connect. So many of the of the valuable resources online, and um, I used you guys to learn. I'm learned a lot about it. I lost the last like 80 pounds or another 80 pounds with, uh, with keto. And, um, now I do like a carnivore zero carb style diet. So what, uh, how old are you, Brian? I'm, I'm 27, 27, 27. Um, when, so it kind of like, give me a play by play as far as like when you got, like how, when did you get to 333 pounds? So I was probably 24, 25. Um, I worked at a nonprofit that shared a parking lot with um, with a Wawa gas station. And if you're not familiar with Wawa, it's one of those places where you can go in, do the touchscreen order, get whatever you want. Um, I had always had problems like just eating, indulging constantly. Um, big overeater, like junk food, hearty meals, carbs, all of it. So, But at one point, I was going to Wawa for my nonprofit job, and I got winded and sweaty going across the street. And that kind of started the thought process of like, man, this isn't i uh, I'm just not healthy. I don't feel good ever. It's hard for me to do easy things like this, like afraid to park too far away from the door type of thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of started it. And then I did a television interview for that same nonprofit. And I saw myself on, on camera, on TV. And uh, that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And um, I lost... With like a paleo primal diet, I got all the way down to 209 pounds. Um, I fell off that pretty hard, got back up to 245. Um, that's when I found the keto diet. Uh, I've been on a ketogenic diet or some variation of it for about a year now, and I'm 178. So what uh, – I'm curious. Like what when – you, when you're overweight and you want to make a change – what draws you to like the primal uh, paleo approach initially? Like, what what's appealing about that as a segue into healthy nutrition? So I am, a, I'm a fairly lazy person. So a lot of when I would start different diets, I had made attempts before to lose weight, um, but number one, I wasn't committed. Like I wasn't ready, uh, mm -hmm. so to speak. And number two, it was it was complicated. Right? It was a lot of tracking. Um, weighing, but it, which was what I was doing on keto. The appeal of a paleo diet when I first started was it was more of two lists of foods. Um, you can eat the foods on this side and not 
avoid everything on this side. And it was a really simple approach. Um, so it was much easier to maintain or to follow, uh, just like a lot of people do like a lazy keto instead of tracking everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a similar kind of appeal. It was, it was much easier and I still got the same or I still saw results. Yeah. I mean, you lost over a hundred and 120 pounds and like what was that time from like a year you said that was uh that was about two years because i started i changed my diet and i didn't start working out because i wasn't confident enough and i like i said walking across the parking lot became hard so it was it was intimidating to think about working out Mm -hmm. um but then i you know i slowly started incorporating um fitness and different i've tried everything really or a lot of things and um now i'm super comfortable in the gym and um that was the big difference. So, so I don't have one of the, uh, like a hundred pounds in eight months stories. Mine was, mine was a process. It was about two years probably. So yeah, cause I was 24. So two years, 26. And then, uh, I gained a little weight back, like I said. So yeah, two years for the 120 pounds. It wasn't a uh, quick. No, no, that, that's, that's good, man. I mean, even, even that, that's still a lot per year. Right. No. And I don't, I don't want to like diminish that or take anything away from it. It's just, um, I actually like my story a little better than the than the rapid, really fast weight loss. Because then, if you know, if someone uses that for motivation, or if they read that story, here's someone's story who lost a hundred pounds in six months, and they don't go that fast. They, you start to think, what's what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? So yeah, that's, that's a huge point, yeah. man. Like I've got I've got some clients that lose a lot of weight really quickly, and I've got some that that take you know three times as long. And it's that's that's the beauty of it. I mean, everybody's different. So there's, there's honestly like no point in comparing. I get so frustrated when people compare themselves and their success and their fat loss and their muscle building rate to other people. Yes. means I, uh, And I say I used to be like one of those like the – so I'd see different weight loss stories um, and that would be a little discouraging. But now I've just – you know, the learning, the trial and error, just doing it myself, I learned that like it's all about what works for you, not – beating it's not a race it's not a competition mm-hmm. yeah i mean you're you're young in the game so like you know your your next the rest of your life is gonna be significantly healthier than those those few years when you're you know overweight so what difference is how fast you lost that over the span of two years make you know right yeah i mean the earlier starts always better but um it's also never too late and uh, it never takes too long yeah exactly so so you did the the primal um you kept it pretty intuitive lost a bunch of weight and then the new, what happened with you gaining it back and getting back up to 240 pounds? Like what kind of, you know, life situation led to that? So I had lost my job. I had a, like a pretty decent job in, um, in Northern Virginia in the tech industries. I worked at a data center. So like if you, when you see on movies and TVs, the big server farms, rooms just full of computers. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at one of those. And it was far away from home, but it, it was really good money. So then when that went away, it, it, kind of like a domino effect into several other, you know, it was stressful just not to have money, worry about this bill, that bill, eating. Um, I have three kids. I'm 27, but I have three kids. So like it's a, it was like, it was an intense situation. So food, especially putting a priority on what I was eating, um, kind of fell to the bottom of the list. Mm -hmm. Um, by the time that, like by the time we got it, figured out and we got back on our feet i was so back into the overeating old me mindset um that it i just didn't stop i kept eating so that was about six months five months and i went back up to the 245 and um then when i lost the ability to say i had lost over 100 pounds because by going over to 245 it was like whoa it's only 90 whatever or uh, it was it was a disappointing i was disappointed in myself and that kind of re-motivated me to uh to get back into it and i found keto that's cool man like it's, it's cool the psychological shift that happens like you get so in the grind of just survival mode you don't really recognize what's happening or maybe you do i don't know but then like as soon as that simple fact of not being able to say i had lost 100 pounds anymore that causes the trigger that that reignites the fire yeah because you know when you're so proud of something a personal personal accomplishment like that it's and then and then it just goes away and it was nobody's fault like i earned it and then i lost it 100 percent on me and that was yeah that was that was difficult i was very proud of it and i wanted to get it back and um now i have larger 
uh, aspirations. So what uh, what led you to, to try keto after that instead of just going back to like the, the paleo? So a primal diet, it, it, it was nice because it was like a nice little uh, prep course for doing keto. They put an emphasis on fat intake um, and keeping like a moderate carb level. Um, so I and I had seen keto things online in those communities before I had stopped altogether. Um, so when I came back, it was infinitely more popular. Mm-hmm. I looked more into it. It kind of aligned with what I found already worked for me in the past. Uh, so I started I was a hardcore uh, for like eight months, hardcore tracking calories, macros, um, weighing everything out. I got addicted to that process. Um, and then in December, I switched it up to carnivore zero carb. And up until recently, I wasn't tracking anything. I just started tracking recently to see how successful I've been intuitively eating. What uh, when, when you started tracking everything, what were your numbers like then? I started out, I think, at 2,200 calories, I want to say. Um, and then I went. I tried to maintain 80% fat. Uh, 15% protein and 5% carbs at that point. Um, I if At the end, I was doing 75% fat, um, 20% protein, and f- uh, 5%, yeah. So I, or I upped my protein, I guess is what I meant to say. I, but it was 1,950 calories, so I trimmed it down there. Um, that was a little higher than what my recommended calorie intake was because of my jujitsu training. I started doing jujitsu when I lost a lot of weight. So I started eating a little more just to, to maintain that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you, I mean, even at 75% fat ratio, you're, you're still pretty high on the fat ratio though that entire time. Yeah. That I found that the more, the higher I kept my fat or the fattier foods I was eating on the primal diet, the better I felt, the better I was doing. Um, so when I went keto, I saw the recommended levels. So I tried to go to the high end of that at first, and then I adjusted as a, you know, as I felt it out. A lot, a lot of like kind of one of the, the arguments in the space now is that if you have fat to lose, you're better off not increasing dietary fat and just allowing your body to tap into your stored fat. Um, but it sounds like you did the exact opposite of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was my, like I said, my approach going into it was higher fat. And then when I dropped my fat, it did accelerate a little bit. But that was also when I started a different like training mm-hmm. routine or fit. So, you know, it was, it's hard to pinpoint one thing, but I had success keeping my fat pretty high for, um, for losing, I lost 80 pounds doing keto. I mean, I, I keep my fat pretty high too. So I'm, I'm speaking yeah. the same way. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's the cool thing about it. You know, like your body learns to kind of use what you give it basically. For sure. So jujitsu, man, what, what led to that? Um, that's a lot of things led to that. So like when I was a kid, my dad and I would always watch, we'd watch old like Chuck Norris, Jean-Claude Van Damme, all the old action movies. Bloodsport, man. Bloodsport for sure. Um, just a super unrealistic looking back on it, martial arts, but I'll, I still, I'll watch I'll watch those just about any time I, I catch them on. And um, so I've always I've always liked it, but I was heavy all my life up until, like I said, I was 24. I was never an in-shape active person. Um, so it was something I like admired from afar. Um, as I got older, I got more into watching like boxing and MMA. Um, and I wanted to try it once I lost some weight, got some more confidence in myself. And now... Um, I love doing it, and it's something that I want to incorporate into my future. Um, still really early in the process or young in the game, so to speak, but um, but I have big aspirations or dreams of making that uh, a pretty big part of my of my future in some aspect. What what uh, so like compare that with other sports? Like what what draws you to jujitsu specifically? Is like the mindset or like the the training or the competitive aspect of it? Uh, it's the yeah, it's well, uh, it's a lot of things. So I like jujitsu because it's <clears throat> sorry, it's it it's a it kind of evens evens the playing field. I've never even when I started working out, I never really went for gains or got like really strong. Um, so I'd go when you go in jujitsu, the things that you learn, the way that you learn to do things, it kind of evens out 
strength differences because it's more about leverage and position. Um, so I liked I liked that. I wasn't the strongest guy, so I thought maybe this would this would be beneficial to start. But after I started, I got addicted to to the process. The, it's learning. Um, somebody does something to you where you you didn't even know that it was a possibility. It's it's almost like uh, magic tricks that someone pulls on you. It's incre It's incredible. Um, so I just wanted to learn that. I always want to keep wanting to get better. Um, I like the competitive aspect because I'd be lying if I said I wasn't extremely competitive. Um, it used to come out in negative ways, like when my family would play board games. It you know it was it was it wasn't a good thing, but it, it's me, so I own it. Um, but this kind of jujitsu is an excellent avenue to get that competitive energy out. Um, and it helps me with the rest of the rest of my life. I think more clearly, um, just like with any physical intense physical activity, like I'm sure when you, um, when you go to the gym or when you get home from the gym, you just feel so much better. Your brain's so much sharper, you're more focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I experienced that, uh, same feeling doing jujitsu. I've always, I've always been drawn to like the martial arts. I've not really done it. Like I've, I've, I've messed around with it a little bit. Um, but I want to, I'd, I'd love to dive into that. That'd be something I can see myself getting obsessive with, like I am with bodybuilding now. I mean, that that the the self control and I don't know everything about it. I really just it appeals to me. Yeah, because it it catches a it catches like a bad rap a lot of times if you think about like martial artists, especially if you watch most like professional boxing because there's so such an element of showmanship to it, so they're a little more aggressive. Uh, in their speech and like the way they communicate. But if you go to a gym for a martial art, whether it's boxing or jujitsu, um, karate, what anything really, you'll find the, those, the people that are there typically just incredibly nice and, and like genuine welcoming people. You find accountants and people from all, all over the place. It's, it's something anybody can do and it's beneficial for sure. Um, for a lot of the reasons you said and more. What's a, what's a good, way to kind of get started into that like if somebody's listening to this uh myself included and they want to kind of you know tiptoe into that uh you know that field what what would be what would you recommend uh so in a general sense if you want to do any martial art um, i always recommend jujitsu it's jujitsu is an excellent uh like self-defense system so if that's one motivation for someone that wants to try something um and like I said, it's excellent self-defense. I talked earlier about how it like offsets size and strength differences. Um, so especially if if you're a smaller guy, um, or if you even if you feel you know like you might encounter someone bigger than you, that type of thing, it just helps uh, to do jujitsu. But I would try multiple schools or gyms. Go like visit them, um, get a feel. Just like when you go to like the gym to for bench press or like a conventional gym. Um, the people that are there, the trainers, everything kind of get puts off a vibe. So you kind of know if it's for you or not, you know how it feels. So try multiple gyms until you find something, uh, that fits and then, um, explore different martial arts. Cause I didn't start out wanting to do, do jujitsu. I just wanted, I wanted to be Jean-Claude Van Damme. So I tried kickboxing at first and, um, that was where I experienced some of like, whoa, people that are bigger than me, like this can be a problem. And um, I tried a couple martial arts before I landed on jujitsu. So just experiment with it. Don't be afraid to try it. That's the big thing. Is uh, I wish I had started earlier. Now people, you can start it if you're heavy. Um, again, if you get if you find the right place, the right trainers, they'll be patient with you. They'll work with you, and and it'll be beneficial to your weight loss or or just your life. Like I said, in general. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've got a one of my clients is. He's lost a ton of weight uh, with keto. He's been working with me for a while now, but he does jujitsu, and he loves it, you know, and it's, it keeps him active. Um, yeah, I definitely I, I definitely want to get into it. Plus, it just seems, uh, like, a, effective. Like, it's practical skills to know for life. Um, like, if you're ever put in a position where you would need to defend yourself. Right. Well, and that's, yeah, that was the thing. It's like, because I said, you know, I wanted to be Jean-Claude Van Damme, but head kicking a stranger is a lot harder than it looks. Um, yeah. But uh, if you you know if you learn how to like get someone off of you to the point where you could stand up, run away, hold them down till help comes, that type of thing, it's a very practical um, self defense system beyond the competitive aspects and the 
intense aspects of the martial art. Yeah. What uh, one of the things that I often hear about is that you know it's better to to master like one offensive and defensive move as opposed to learning ten different offensive and defensive moves. What's your one move for each? Like if you could only have one, uh, you know, maneuver, what would it be? Uh, am I? In the gym that I go to, I'm the I'm the triangle guy. It's a choke that you do with your legs. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, just that's like a, the easy. That's a quick version. But um, I I get those a lot. I have long, fairly long legs, um, so it helps a lot. And I yeah, that's my favorite. And I hit it all the time. So I'd probably keep that one, or I'd say that's my that's my move. Gotcha. The triangle. All right, I'll look into that for sure. I'll practice that on Crystal or something. Definitely, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, any other sports or anything, or jiu-jitsu is pretty much your, your bread and butter? Um, I mean, yeah, jiu-jitsu is my bread and butter. Even the even what I do in the gym, so to speak, uh, actually, I work out at home. Um, but I have kettlebells. I have a plyometric box that I can tip on to get different heights. Um, I have a bunch of equipment here. But, uh, but even the, the work I do for, like, strength and conditioning – for all of that, it, it's the primary goal is jujitsu. So the things I'm doing there, I do specifically for performance. One of the cool aspects of that, like I'm a huge fan of Tim Ferriss. I don't know if you listen to his podcast or not. Yes, but, uh, yes, uh, often, yes. Yeah, Tim Ferriss is the man. That's how I found out about keto in the first place. Um, but he does, you know, a lot of martial arts, and like it's it's cool to me because he does a bunch of traveling. So he'll have like these little hacks for for training you know, while on the road or while traveling and flying and whatnot. And uh, it's pretty cool because it's kind of all with the intention of, you know, body weight uh, resistance movement, something that you can, you know, take with you. Um, so he'll, he'll get crazy with it. He'll get those little, you know, uh, cushion, like couch, uh, uh, whatever they're called, little coasters that you put on your couch legs so that they don't scratch the floors. <laughs> and he'll get yeah. those and he'll, like, scoot around hotel lobbies and stuff. That's funny. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's uh, whatever – I, I do a lot of the the like weird movement stuff too. The I don't I don't get a lot of gains. I don't I don't really have like a super impressive physique, um, so to speak. But I I measure my like performance where it counts. Or I, you know I try to do as much to benefit myself in the in the sport as I can. So what what uh, with that aspect of it, what is the primary goal of your training to just like increase flexibility? Um, I go for stamina. I go for, yeah for flexibility, muscular endurance, and then um, explosiveness and cardiovascular endurance. Those are the three like big focus areas for me. Um, particularly explosiveness over a duration, like being able to be explosive for three minutes, five minutes, um, and then rest, recover, and and go back to it. So what what training? Uh, what what do you do with your training to? focus on those three pillars like what do you incorporate uh, uh like i said i do a lot of kettlebell stuff turkish get-ups are are a big one just in the in the mechanics of the movement it's a, it translates over very well to um to jujitsu and a number of things that you have to do is that uh, where you're holding then, the kettlebell and you're laying and then you rise up or what is that right and you're holding it um you're flat on your back with it over your head you go up um to like your hand bring your knee up put your foot back behind you with stand um, and then you lower back down to the to the laying position, and that's one rep. Um, I started like I think with like a twenty pound kettlebell, like a fairly light one. Um, and now I use so these fifty four pound kettlebell, and um, I'll do Turkish get ups with that. So I keep I've been upping the weight as I go, which is encouraging. And then um, sprints are big. Sprints are my favorite and least favorite um, yeah. activity. Because I see the most benefits when I'm when I do sprints or uh, especially hill sprints. I, I've been thinking it's funny you say that because like I literally went walking yesterday to find a good spot to do hill sprints. Um, what is your like sets and re- and like reps, so to speak, with that? Like, do you do you know like ten ten sprints and call it good, or what's your style there? I when I go out, um, I always want to do it on an incline. I have a spot like really close to my house um, that I'm fortunate to have that. So I can go, uh, typically I'll go do it there. But if like, if you were talking about traveling or, or if I'm just somewhere different, feel like switching it up, I just want a slight incline. Um, Cause I like the forcing yourself uphill adds a little something. It helps with the explosiveness. 
And um, I'll do about 20 or 30 yards all out, 110%. Um, I'll walk back, wait till I feel like I can give the same energy again. I don't time the rest period and say, you know, I'll rest for 30 seconds and then go all out because I want to I want to max my body out and then recover completely, max it out, recover completely because as I as I do that the recovery time becomes shorter and it helps my um, output again over time mm-hmm. and being yeah, sustainable energy output. How many sessions will you do that for typically? Oh, I'll do that. I'll do sp- like a sprint only session for I'll do it twice two or three times a week, depending on my jujitsu schedule. And then, um, each time I do it, uh, I'll do a minimum of eight. I like to get 12 in 12, 20 to 30 yard sprints. And that ends up pretty quick towards the end. There's it's, uh, yeah, it sounds brutal. like unimpressive when you say it, <laughs> but like, but by no, number six, it's like, maybe I'll stop at eight. Yeah. <laughs> I used to, I used to go to the track and I would like sprint the straights and walk the turns, you know, and, yes. uh, same concept except without the, you know, difficulty of the hit, the hill added in. And yeah, like by the, by the fourth or fifth or sixth straight away, you're like, man, this, this is, I'm rethinking this here. Right. This is a mistake. Um, the hill sprints too, they're like much easier on your joints. I think like I've tried sprinting just the track lately and I'll almost inevitably, you know, feel discomfort. Whereas like a hill sprint, especially like if it's, you know, grass, if, if possible, like it's going to be so much more forgiving on your joints. That's yeah. I, I'm actually very conscious of that because it, I had to be kind of easy. I, like when I said I worked myself into exercise, so I was very easy on my being overweight, like walking, running um, to, to certain levels, like running was out of the question. I could walk um, my cardio like I used an elliptical. That was big for me at first because it was pretty low impact um, on my knees. And now I kind of maintain that same focus. I also do a lot of stretching. I think it's very important. Um to like, yeah, to just to keep everything loose and flexible and to, to kind of uh, mitigate a lot of the damage and shock to your, to your joints. I, I completely agree. Completely agree. Do you have a kind of a strange question? Do you have really well developed calves? Yeah, that's so it goes back to you asked about the triangle chokes. And I said, like, I have long legs, but from being overweight, they're, they're like oddly large powerful tight like it you know it's weird to talk about myself like that but they're yeah they're like oddly um muscular from my thighs to my calves all of it and um and yeah i can only assume that it's from carrying around so much extra weight constantly i mean there are people buy the weighted vest to go to go running and walking and i just kind of had my own for the longest time yeah. you know it's crazy man like i train calves every single day and i, I finally got to the point where people like tell me i've got developed calves but, you know, for the most part, calves are either like you're born with them genetically or, or not and you have to work for them. But, you know, I've found that a lot of the people that are, you know, overweight or were overweight, just simply by having that extra weight, they have like freaking beast, beastly calves. And I'm just, man, I want to just kind of, you know, gain a whole bunch of weight for a little while and build up my calves. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's like, Yeah. Call it, call it an experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's in the, uh, it's in the, it, in the honor and like in the spirit of gains. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, what kind of like mindset stuff, like has there been any kind of bad habits or mindsets or something that you, you acquired when you were overweight that have like lingered at all? Um, so some, I, I think at this point in my life, um, I have the most interest I've ever had in like mindset mentality and I'm the most self-aware that I've ever been. Um, so food used to be a comfort for me. I'm, uh, that's a pretty cliche one, but it, it was real. Like, it, you know, it was like drugs, uh, the, the instant relief or like pleasure. Um, and then it'd always be followed by like a little bit of regret or, you know, like, why did I eat so much? That type of thing. Um, and I, I tended to do that when I was eating healthy too. I'd, I'd overeat and I'd work my macros to get like the most food possible. So that's, that was a bad habit. Uh, that's like a physical habit that I became mentally aware of. Um, but I was just, and I don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with bro science here for a quick second, but I don't, I don't know if, if my diet had a big aspect on this, but I've never felt more like 
clear and aware as when I started the keto diet. Even when I was at, at 209 pounds, the lowest on the paleo, I didn't have the same like clarity and perspective. No, I mean that can be like maturity growing up. But, you know, as time goes on, there's a whole there's a number of reasons that I could change over that time. But um, I realized like I was just a really negative person. You know what I mean? I don't know if the food, like the impact is having on my body because you know now um, with the cravings and how you need to replenish it when your insulin spiking constantly, it's it's just like smoking and if a smoker doesn't have a cigarette for a while, they get cranky. So like I was just a really negative, angry person. Uh, I'm sure it had to do with my self-image and stuff, but that didn't go away as the weight went away. That was something I had to... Um, to like fix about myself. I had to look at like what I was unhappy with. Um, you know what I mean? Just what, what was I like, what was I overlooking in my life, taking for granted, that type of thing. And I've done a lot of reevaluating. I'm really big into psychology. Now I always say if I could go back and get any degree or go back and get a degree now, I would definitely major in sports psychology, um, because I'm especially interested in how it affects your output so to speak not just performance and sports athletics but like your mentality it, it impacts the output everywhere how how hard you're working in your relationships how hard you're loving you know what i mean things like that yeah 100 percent, man and and a lot of that i think has to do with confidence and um like for me i like i got to 230 pounds which is pretty big for me i was like 29 percent body fat i think at that stage um and mm. I hadn't really done anything in my life that I was, you know, really proud of. Um, like I hadn't built a business that was successful. I had several failed attempts and I wasn't, you know, I was, I was fat, <laughs> ignorantly fat and just simply not having confidence. That is huge. And it, it, you take it for granted until after you've gotten it and you realize how much of an impact that makes, but simply being confident in who you are as an individual is like probably one of the single biggest game changers, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, confidence is huge. Um, and I liked your example because you said you hadn't you hadn't built anything uh, like a business or anything you could be proud of, and that was that was a lot. You know, it's a lot of the reason that I emailed you in the first place with my story is because um, I I I just admire what you've done or like what you've created. The resource you helped me a lot. Um, when I was, you know, as I was learning and growing and doing keto at the beginning, uh, I found your channel fairly late in my keto journey. But the things that I learned there were it. Yeah, it was just exponentially helpful. And, um, you know, I wanted to, to build something like that where I could be that resource for other people. And um, that was so that's kind of like I said, Primal Bros changed a lot. So now it's it's more about information and content that you can use to to improve your life. And I'm trying to build something I can be proud of. That was a big reason I was so negative is because I wasn't happy. Just <clears throat> like, yeah, again, it's cliche, but like punching the clock nine to five, it wasn't fulfilling. It didn't like satisfy an itch or scratch an itch that I had. So, so now I'm trying everything I can to, to scratch that itch. Man, I, I, I don't even know how to put this into words. I'm going to try right now. So bear with me, but <laughs> The like when I was when I was younger, I used to like put emphasis on material things. Like I used to think it would be cool to have like a nice car or a big house, and not even so much like for myself for bragging for bragging rights or anything. Just simply so that I could like entertain the people that I loved, which I think is still an admirable you know thing. Like I want to be able to have cool possessions so that I can build cool memories with the the people I love. That that was my thought process back then, but since then. I've kind of become like really minimalistic with things. Like I, I don't want physical crap in my life. Like I've gotten rid of almost everything that is not absolutely necessary. And, and with that, a huge weight has been lifted. But I've found that the most fulfilling thing for me at this stage in life is is basically reflected in what you just said and that you felt compelled to email me and try and mimic or create something with your own flair and style of what I've already created and am currently creating, that is like, like hearing those words makes everything that I've ever done worthwhile. That is what's more fulfilling than any monetary gain, 
any pro card from a competition, anything. Like having enough influence and stroke that people want to listen to me and want to be helped and want to just communicate and engage, that is power right there. And that's like helpful to humanity. And that right there is what's fulfilling. Yeah. No, I thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate you, um, your channel. It's, it's, it's great. I, again, it's, you can't, you shouldn't play the comparison game. Um, and it's funny because I, I enjoy putting the content out there, but a lot of the times I feel like I'm, you know, I'm pretending I'm doing like a half-assed version of what Robert's doing. (laughs) But, um, but no, but you, I get like, I clear that mindset up and I, and I get to it. And um, going back to you touched about the on the things having things, so that was we were thing people until I lost my job before. Because again, I have three kids at twenty seven, so entertaining and creating memories became more of a priority. It was it moved up on the list, so we felt that we always had to have this and have that and do this thing, go to this event, and um, when now we just appreciate each other and we all have things that matter more than things if that makes sense like i have primal bro um, my wife has her own business and then we we work with our kids to discover like their real interests and not just like time wasting conventional things i think it's it's great to just find purpose and fulfillment in your life and um thank you for helping me and hopefully i can i can get that email from somebody one day where i have changed their life yeah man i mean you get the right mindset and outlook towards it so i have no doubt that that day will come uh sooner rather than later for sure um i mean that that's 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 what it's all about you know like i don't have you know i didn't have like a a roadmap laid out for me to dive into this you don't have a roadmap laid out the people before us didn't they just simply dove into it and it kind of works itself out like like you like so many people are scared to start you know i was scared to start and i mean my first YouTube videos were shot in my closet with a black towel behind me to cover up paint scratches. I mean, totally pathetic, you know. And 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 you like, you know, you're building things and you're you're making moves. You've got a cool story. You're actually making a story, and that is compelling in itself. Like, you you know, respect me. You respect other people in the space. You reached out, uh, and and I respect that. I mean, there's so much to be said for people that are putting in the work. And people that have been there before recognize it and are willing to help. You know, that's that's the that's the cool thing. People aren't nearly as hard to reach as people think they are. Right. It's yeah. I mean, it's insane how um, how accessible everyone really is now. And um, I so is uh, that email the email that I did eventually send you is something that I'd probably thought about sending three or four times before then and I was like no I don't want to I don't want to like beg for help or you know what I mean beg for attention and um and then I I evaluate my mindset often now and I was like well if you want something big to happen you have to do something that feels big right I have to try something big so I emailed you and and yeah here we are now long story short right here we are yeah yeah and I think uh, like one of the I want to preface that like a lot of people um, like the way I was raised by my, like one of the things my grandfather always told me, which I really, really respected and appreciated was, you know, he helps people that help themselves. And I could tell that you're putting in the work and you're making moves, like you're growing your Instagram, you're growing all your platforms. I want to help you. You know, I get irritated when people reach out to me and like the first three paragraphs of the email is, you know, me, 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 what can I do? What can you do for me, me, me? And then like the last line is, oh, I really like what you're doing. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, by the way, cool page. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like people, people can tell if you're, you know, putting in the hustle or not. And people that can tell that you're putting in the hustle can tell because they've been there before and they know what it takes and they're willing to help those people. But if, if you're going to just, you know, try and lean on somebody else without putting forth any effort, then you don't deserve to be helped. No, that's, I think that's very well said. And I think that also could have been why, I, th- I don't I don't know that up until I sent the email, it was the right time because I didn't have maybe enough of a resume at earlier times. So it was a little, look at me, look at me. But I, I uh, yeah, I like, I'm proud of 
of putting the work in. I, I my I'm under a thousand YouTube subscribers, right? So it's definitely not super impressive, but I still do three videos a week, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, uh, very consistent, and um, and I'm never more or less excited to do a video based on how many subscribers I have or how big my reach is. Because like you said, if I can get one person that watches it and they're like, oh, this is good information or this helps me with this thing, then that's really why I want to do it. I don't want to just be famous. I want to be a resource. Yeah, man, 100%. I mean, and and I don't have a huge YouTube subscriber base either. I mean, it's nothing fancy by any means. And I remember when I got my first, you know, 15 subscribers and I'm like, man, I'm freaking killing it, <laughs> you know? So yeah, like, it's big. Yeah, so I, I can totally relate with those initial stages. Like, I mean, when I was first making the YouTube videos, and I'm like trying to learn how to use Adobe Premiere to edit things. So I'll spend like three hours a, a day learning, you know, watching YouTube tutorials on how to use the editing feature. And then I would have to spend another two, three hours actually editing. It's like nobody's going to even see this. You know, I've got 15 subscribers. You know, that's when people burn out. That's when they, you know, talk themselves out of this. Because if you look at the statistics, like it doesn't make sense to keep doing that. It's just not, there's not enough return on your investment there. But like the people that actually push through and start gaining the momentum, start putting forth the quality work and the effort, even if it's not perfect. Like if I waited for things to be perfect, I would never have even started. And if, if you had waited for things to be perfect, you would never have started. But you just have to start with what you have and put forth honest, authentic work and people are forgiving of the imperfection. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I should get into how the sausage is made, so to speak. But I still, I, everything on my YouTube channel, I record on my cell phone. I don't even have um, a, a camera of any kind, like what you would think a conventional blogger or vlogger, or YouTuber might have. So it's, I. But that like delayed my start, right? Because like you said, I was I was more worried about am I doing it right. Um, am I doing it the perfect way when really I just needed to be doing it and I'm still doing it um, because that's what I ultimately want to do. The equipment, the resources, the way I do things might change, but I'm going to keep doing it because that's what I, it's what I like. And um, I think that relates, that translates to diet a little bit too, pretty well. I was just about um, to say that, man, it's a metaphor yeah. for life. <laughs> yeah. You know, like so many people talk themselves out of like, you know, getting on the keto diet or getting on any diet for that matter, or even going to the gym because, you know, they don't know the right way to do it. You know, paralysis analysis is a thing and, and they don't want to start until they've got all this stuff figured out. But, you know, you might learn something the next week. It's something else is, is, you know, showing to be more effective. So you just have to like jump into it. And when you jump into it, it leads to the next thing, which leads to the next thing. It just becomes an ever evolving process. But, you know, the main thing is to just start, you know, get that momentum built up. And that's such a cliche thing, which is why, like, people oftentimes don't even say it because it's just everybody knows it, but it's the freaking truth, you know? Well, that's the, that's like the sad thing about cliches is, like, that's why it's a cliche is because it applies so often to so many things. Um, like, I have a number of those in my, in my story, right? Like, a, you know, overweight my whole life, lost a lot of weight. That's a cliche, but, like, so many people do that in uh it's yeah that's it's just funny it is it is but i mean this is cool like it's cool that you have the story that you do because so many people are in the exact same position you know so many people are you know overweight and they need to lose a bunch of weight some people so many people have had a successful job and they've lost that successful job and they've got kids they've got a wife they've got to you know put food on the table um you know, they need to, like, get healthy, find a sport, you know, find jujitsu or whatever else it may be. They want to start their own business or start their own thing. They just don't know where to start. Like, the life that you're living, the story that you're building is so, you know, relatable to so many people. And to be able to document that, that's, that's the thing. Like, you don't even need to create anything new. Like, everything out there has already been created. Like, the, the quotes that we say today were said the same way with different words, you know, 300 years ago. You know, nothing's really new, so to speak. It's just like documented in a different way through a different medium. And the main thing is, you know, you're an individual. Like everybody's going to have their own style, their own uh, technique. So like you can document your own life and your own process. And that's going to resonate with so many people. Yeah. Well, and that's um, that, that's why I said at the beginnings, like I'm particularly proud 
or I feel very confident in in what I have to offer, not only because of the time research and, and what I put into it now to learn to make sure that I am a legitimate resource and I'm not just slinging like a couple of facts here and then not backing them up, that type of thing. I try to be legitimate, but I think le- it legitimizes me a little more because I had the struggle. I can speak from the perspective of somebody who's extremely overweight, somebody who loses weight and then falls off, somebody who switches diets. This is, yeah, like, yeah, I have a very relatable and I enjoy talking to people to find those similarities because that's where I feel like I can help the most. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not to take anything away from like the, you know, the scientists and the doctors. I mean, those are all like very, very key, important individuals out there. But I mean, it's harder for people to relate with, with you know, a doctor spouting out all kinds of, you know, words and nomenclature. They don't know what means, but people can relate with stories like stories, you know, our whole lives have been built on stories, stories from the past and stories that will be made in the future. So people can relate with other people that have gone through something similar or are going through something similar. So, you know, doing exactly what you're doing and, and doing it 100% unapologetically you is is the best thing that you can do. Yeah, and that's that's one of the most important things to me through all this is um, – like a good a good example, I talked about this with somebody the other day. Like, I don't have a personal Instagram. I only have my Primal Bro Instagram because, like, it's me. Uh, you know, if I make a joke or like, it, none of it's really. It's not like a big like a media team behind anything, and I'm not planning out posts. I just kind of post as I go, and um and just give the authentic version of me. And uh and I yeah I'm pretty I that's like a big thing I'm proud of and that's something I want to maintain no matter what happens with with Primal Bro and with me in the future. 100% man I mean and that is like power like nobody can take that away from you because you're not having to put a mask up to create that like Keto Savage that's 100% me like you know my name is Robert Orion Sykes people know me as Keto Savage like it's one and the same you know like I've not had to change who I am one iota to create content for Keto Savage like it is 100% unapologetically me. And with that, nobody can take that away from me. Like, I'm not worried about some other big company with a hump, you know, hundreds of million dollars in backing to try and compete with me because they can't have, they can't bring the personality that I'm bringing to the table because my audience, you know, is loyal to to me. And, and that is kind of what I was saying earlier, means the world to me. Like, my audience, though small, is freaking powerful, and I freaking love every single one of them because, you know, like I answer every single email, every single Instagram DM, every single everything because I care about every single one of them. You know, like the the loyalty of my audience, I'm more proud of that than the number of my audience any day of the week. Yeah, uh, I cu- I couldn't agree more. Uh, just to risk repeating almost everything you said, I have like I have people who I'll see comment. Um, on my YouTube videos who have been commenting since like video number four or five, maybe, you know what I mean? So they've just long time and, and, and yeah, I build that relationship and we talk and there's things where they'll reference older videos and it's just a great, like, it's awesome to have such a community and, and just people who admire who you are. Cause like I said, if you're not selling or like you said, if you're not selling something fake, then they're connecting with you and it feels good to be authentic mm-hmm. and to be and to like click. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you're, you're doing it right, man. Like hundred percent. That, that's, that's what I didn't even care what your subscriber was. I didn't care what your listener was. I, I didn't care about any of that stuff. You know, I could tell from the email and from just, you know, one quick glance at your Instagram to see kind of what your style was that you're doing it right. You've got the right outlook towards it. And I put more weight on that than what the, the subscriber count is the top corner, you know? Yeah. Thank you. For sure. For sure. Um, well, cool, man. What, uh, where can people go and find more about you, man? Uh, so if you want to find absolutely everything, the easy thing is I, I have www.primalbro.com. Um, there's recipes on there from when I was a food blogger, but it links to my YouTube, uh, my Instagram, everything kind of connects out of there. I'm at Primal Bro on Instagram, and I am Primal Bro on YouTube. So it's pretty uniform throughout. And you're located in Virginia, right? 
I am. Yes, uh, I am located in Virginia. I really just really quick on the website because I don't want to forget. I will soon actually. I'll have um, some like cool T-shirts in stock there that I just I ordered them for myself so I could wear them and try them out. I really like them, so I was going to start offering T-shirts. If anybody wants to go check that out, um, I'll update that when they're in stock. But my big thing is my YouTube, my and Instagram because that's where I provide the most beneficial content most of the information and that's where i will interact with you the most very cool very cool welcome i'll pick your brain when you start doing the t-shirts because i need to start doing that too that i did like a quick like uh, another actually another podcast over the weekend and um the gentleman who does that podcast sells t-shirts so i started talking to him that's when i placed my order got my like sample shirts in i really like them so it's actually something i'm really excited too so you can pick my brain as i pick his and it'll and and that's you know that's how things grow. That's why I'm here talking to you because I I went to pick your brain or to to reach out to you and you know yeah, and we're both beauty, learning beauty together. Beauty of networking, man. Beauty of networking. Yeah. Yep. Well, very cool. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll come swing by in Virginia and and we'll we'll uh, do some grappling in the jujitsu, man. No, that'd be awesome if you do try it out. Think about it. Yeah, you swing by here. Maybe I can make it out to you. But um, yeah, that's a must. We'll have to do that for sure. You have to go easy on me though. I won't be able to compete with your big calves in that triangle <laughs> right yes well cool man ben it's been an absolute pleasure and uh we'll definitely stay in touch because i'm excited to see you grow man no yes thank you i um i, I again i'm it, i i really appreciate the opportunity to be here but i like now that we're done talking or like now that this is over i yeah i feel uh, a deeper like more of a connection to you and your brand so i definitely want to um yeah to maintain to maintain all this and we'll keep it up Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, stay on the line. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the recording here, but uh, stay on the line, and we'll we'll chit chat a little bit more here. Yeah, for sure. All right. Until then, y'all take care. <laughs>